Is that your mum? I told her not to come and pick me up. She's fit. Yeah, I'd fuck her. Thanks very much. No, but I would, though. Wouldn't you? Hmm. Well, if she's my mum, no. But if she wasn't? She is, though, so... No, but what he's saying is, if she wasn't your mum, would you fuck her? Oh, are we still doing this? So you would fuck her? No. Look, I just want to know, if you get down between her legs, spread them... Can we please stop talking about my mother's vagina? <laughs> Maybe see you tonight. You're not invited. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to British television in... in bleh, bleh. <laughs> see, I'm already fucking this up. <laughs> Welcome to British Television Invasion, episode one. My name is Sean, and I am a briefcase wanker. And my name's Laura, and I've long since been insecure about my capacity for learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura, uh, do we? Do you want to pretend like this is the first time we've ever done a podcast with each other? Yeah, maybe we should act as though this is the first time we've ever uh, spoken, so that other people who are new to this get the uh, get the skinny on who we are laura it's nice to meet you i've uh <laughs> we've communicated via email so thank you for coming on the show i'm hoping that maybe we can make this a full-time thing yes I think we'll so. see how this we'll goes, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah we may not be podcast compatible but you know we'll see what happens so um as we can all hear from your accent you are you're not from around these parts are you no i am from midwestern america from a state called kansas in a town called kansas city it's right on the border of missouri and kansas and uh and what do you know about the in-betweeners as we go into the in-betweeners i really don't know a lot about this show i've only watched like maybe I basically have only watched the first series and then I stopped because I knew we were going to be doing this podcast. Um, but uh, my cousin's husband had mentioned it to me when we were doing our peep show podcast. He had asked us about doing this together. And um, I was like, Oh, I've you know never really heard of this show outside of the American version. And, um, Which was an absolute shocker, so, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and your your cousins <laughs> are British, aren't they? So you've got you've got yes, British correct. connections. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got British connection there. Mm. And um, so I watched the first you know series of Inbetweeners. Thought it was really funny. Uh, spoke to me in a completely different way from Peep Show. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to actually watch all three series plus both movies. Mm. Um, yeah. So. Me, like to to elaborate on that so i'm from i am from around these parts <laughs> i'm so i am laura i'm in london uh i am a teacher i'm an english teacher in a large secondary school in east london and i uh have been doing a peep show podcast with you for how long now about 18 months a little bit less than 18 yeah, months about a year. Yeah. yeah 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 and about um, right. and as we got to the end of peep show we thought about what we would like to do next and this show came up as you say because you had heard of it from your your cousin's husband and this was something that if you were in the UK and of a certain age 10 12 or 10 years ago 10 years ago you couldn't yep. you couldn't avoid it it was everywhere so the in between us is very much a a thing that i've seen often and watched often um, and it sort of it gets repeated a lot over here on like Channel Four and E Four in the evenings, and it's one of those shows that I can just watch always and always laugh at it. Um, and obviously, on the back of the Inbetweeners, all of the four lads from the Inbetweeners have gone on to have careers off the back of it. And um, Greg Davis, who plays Mister Gilbert, has gone on to be a massive 
comedy star over here as well on the back of the in-betweeners yeah obviously they're not i i don't really know any of these actors over here because they don't really do stuff in america but i will take that i'll take your word yeah for it. they've all to varying degrees they have all had successful careers on the back of it i would say that will and simon are the two for the most part who have who have like are most visible and simon bird who plays will, is in another sitcom he's in friday night dinner which has been very successful over here and um and joe thomas who plays simon has been in various things and he has just been in a, a movie festival that has been at the cinema in the last month or so that was written by the the in-betweeners writers yeah you were telling me about that one it sounded pretty yeah, good it was, it was very funny worth a what i'm kind of surprised that jay hasn't really gone on to do anything because he's his character seems to be very like at least in the episodes that I've watched, his character seems to drive, like, a lot of the plot. Yeah, I mean, he and... So he and the guy who plays Simon, they were both in a sitcom called White Gold on BBC Two that was written by... Oh, I think it was written by Ian... No, it was written by Damon Beasley. Sorry, there's two writers on The Inbetweeners. It was written by Damon Beasley. Um, and that was very good, and he was very good in that, although he played quite a similar a similar part to the J part. Um, and that was about a year ago. So I don't know if that's been recommissioned. Hang on a second to see if it has been recommissioned for a new series. White Gold TV series. One series so far. Doesn't look like it, which is a shame because it was it was good. It was very good. Um, and yeah, that's a pity that it doesn't look like it has been recommissioned because it was... It was very funny. It was quite different to the in-betweeners. It was about, oddly, it was about some guys who worked at a double glazing firm in the 1980s in Basildon, uh, which is not too far from, from where I'm sat. Uh, it's an Essex town. Um, and it was. It doesn't sound like it would have much promise, but it was very good. I'm not sure what a double glazing factory is. Oh, uh, like windows, you know, like double... The, I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, like the two, okay, the I two gotcha. bits of glass in a frame like double pane glass yeah yeah so the, the, they they sold that yeah in, ah, in okay which uh, yeah which sounds ter- terrible i agree with you but it was it was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um i guess it's worth mentioning at this point as well that we are on social media um so do you want to tell people where they can find us uh yeah sure uh we have converted all of our social media over from our well 99 percent of it um We've converted most of our social media over from our old podcast, which our old podcast was the L Dude Brothers. Um, you can find us on Facebook at British Television Invasion. Um, you can find us on Twitter by British Intelevi- Television Invasion. Or you can, um, but our Twitter handle is at L Dude Bro Pod. Yeah. Um, obviously, on Twitter, you can't really change the at handle. No. So, and, and where can we find you on social media? If you want to say, or, uh, you, find... <laughs> you don't have to, but if you want to say... No, no, you're fine, you're fine. I just really hate my my Twitter handle. Like, one of these days, I wish I could just redo why, it. Why but, is your Twitter uh, handle that? Way, way back, way back in, 2000, in the 2000s, I played a, a computer game called EverQuest. And in EverQuest, my character was a bard, and my character's name was Saladus. And so when people would talk to me, they would, or talk about me, they would call me Sal the Bard. Ah, so you are on Twitter, you're at Sal the Bard. So when we first met, yeah. I thought you were like a part-time poet. Like I thought you had some sort of writing <laughs> thing going on. 
But it became clear that that wasn't your thing quite soon after we started talking, but that's what I assumed. So, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, so that's why my Twitter account or my Twitter handle is what it uh, is. You can find me on Twitter at, at Hear Me Play Piano, which is equally odd. That's after a Smith song. Um, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, I was going to say, because I've never heard you play piano no, before. No, I definitely can't play piano. I did have lessons in secondary school, but I was fucking terrible, I tell you. Um, but yeah, so that's my... See, Twitter I always handle. assumed... Oh my God. See, I always assumed, wow, this is like real time. We're finding out this stuff about each other. I always assumed that you could play the piano, just that you hadn't recently. <laughs> no, see, I can't play the piano. Um, so the Queen is Dead by the Smiths. There is a line which is that the Queen says to Morrissey, I know you and you cannot sing. And he says, that's nothing. You should hear me play piano. So that's why that's my handle on Twitter. Um, yeah. So you're, you're not a writer. I can't play the piano. That's, we've just found this out about each other. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what we're still discovering about each other. <laughs> yeah. 18 months after we've been recording with each other. Um, and trust me, when I say we know a lot about each we other. We do. We know a lot about much. each other. Um, so, yeah, the in-between us then. So it first aired, if you got an air date, I know it was May 2008. Was it the 1st of May what? 2008? It was the 1st of May 2008. Yeah. Do you know what was on... 2nd of May 2008? No. Peep Show Series 5, Episode 1, Burgling. Oh, ah, really? Great week for comedy. Also, also my 27th birthday. Ah, of course, yeah. Um, I So it was on E4 initially, which is like a digital channel over here. And I do remember, I don't, don't think I watched it that night on the 1st of May, but I watched it that week. I watched like the repeat. I think it was on Channel 4. So I did watch it from the start. And um, it was, I was... 22 22 about to be 23 and I had just signed on for my first semester of teacher training so I was this was very close to my heart I was very much in dived right back into school life at this point so this spoke to me quite quite strongly was there a lot of hype for this show or did it just kind of debut and then it kind of spread word no it was a bit of a slow burn yeah it only got it got really big after the second series, which is in 2009. So the next year, once the second series happened, I think maybe they repeated them all on Channel 4 and suddenly everyone was watching it. So by the time the third series happened in 2010, it was a big sort of television event, that third series started. Okay, that makes sense. I was just curious about that because it, it seems like that this would be the kind of show that would have just debuted and was probably cheap to make. I'm sure the act... the the core four didn't really commend much of a salary. So no. it's probably like pretty cheap to make and, you know, just let's shit out six episodes of this and see what happens. Yeah, it was um it was like on a weird time as well. I think it was on at like ten o'clock on E4, like which is not that's not a slot that's gonna bring in huge amounts of viewers. Um but I do remember I remember seeing it and my boyfriend at the time who I later went on to live with. So we um we moved in together that that September. I remember telling him, you need to watch this, it's really funny. And by the time we'd moved in together, that whole first series had, had been on and we had the DVD and it was something that we watched quite often. Um, and I still think it stands up. I still think it's, even watching this first episode again today, I was la I was genuinely laughing. I had forgotten that, oh yeah, that was really funny. Like these characters are actually quite well drawn. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, you, They do such a really good job of really just kind of establishing the core four and 
who they are and what they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, Damon Beasley and Ian Morris, who were the writers of it, met apparently on the 11 o'clock show here, which was uh, where Ali G came from and where um, Ricky Gervais made his big sort of debut. So that was Ali G and Ricky Gervais came out of that show and Damon Beasley and Ian Morris met each other. So that was a, it was a, you know, it was a lot of creative, that was a creative milieu that came out of that show, clearly. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, and apparently they both impressive. also wrote for Flight of the Concords, Beasley and Morris, which I didn't know until today when I started researching it. Um, oh, uh, and we have a Flight of the Concords reference in this episode. Yes, we do. We'll come to that, actually, when we go. I noticed that as well. Um, I was also... I didn't notice. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't <laughs> notice it. I just read <laughs> it online. Read it online. Um, I was also interested to note that Ian Morris comes from Woking in Surrey, which is very near where I went to university. And I was reading a um, a article, to, like a retrospective of his, his work, and it was saying that he... What he really sort of hoped for was that in writing in between it, he could capture the boredom of youth in a suburban town and I really got that like I completely identified with that and it was like yeah I've lived like I literally have lived in this town I'm sure I have and it made sense that he was from somewhere I was familiar with yeah as a guy in who has been to high school um this just really like spoke to me because my group of friends had the the J it had the Neil it had the Simon I was Will-esque um so you know it was kind of it's kind of interesting for me watching the first episode really thinking hard about, you know, like, did I have something like this happen to me? When, when did this happen to me? You know? Yeah. I actually, um, so I, I that's the first question that I've got written in my notes was I was going to ask you was, is Will, a rela- is, is Will relatable to you? Do you think you were a bit of a Will character? Cause I definitely think I was a little bit. Yes, I definitely was. I was, uh, it's hard because my sister was probably the equivalent of Carly. Right. And so it's really, so just uh, for the new listeners, I have a twin sister. So we were in this, we're obviously the same age in the same grade, obviously went to the same school. And um, I was not quite as much of a social butterfly as my sister was. And so it was really difficult for me a lot of times because my sister was so incredibly popular and you know, then I was kind of like this freak uh, who kind of lived in her shadow because she's also a little, sm- I don't want to say smarter than me. She's a more studious than I was. So she was in a lot of advanced classes. So I would often have her teachers like a year after her, which gave this impression that I was younger than her, even though we were the same age. <laughs> that's that's rough. That's I see. I didn't go to school with my sister. We went to different schools. So I never experienced that. She's younger than me anyway, but neither of us ever experienced that oh are you Laura's sister like that didn't that didn't come up and I imagine that must be that must be hard if you're the one that comes comes after yes yeah yeah, yeah. oh are you Lindsay's brother <laughs> no she's my sister <laughs> um uh yeah so I definitely think I was a bit of a will and the other thing that I I wanted to discuss before we sort of started talking about it is obviously the first the beginning of this episode is like a bit of a like Will talking a bit of a monologue from Will and we sort of see it flashes of what's going to come after. And do you think he's a reliable narrator? Because actually, this, I never thought of this before until I was making my notes today. But we, I realise now that we see this all through Will's eyes and actually, this is Will telling the story and potentially, are these characters, 
I, it'd be interesting to see the in-betweeners from one of the other guys' point of view. Uh, I hadn't thought about that, but I'm going to give Will the benefit of the doubt here that he's reliable. You think he is reliable. Okay, alright, that's that's fair enough. I, I don't know what I think about it, but it just occurred to me in that opening sequence that this is actually a story being written or told by Will, which it, it hadn't occurred to me previously. The only reason I say that is because I feel like if Will really was an unreliable narrator, that he would make himself... A little more badass than That's he actually true. was. He's, he's such an absolute twat that surely you would you would paint yourself in a better light. Yeah, that's you make a good point there. I do enjoy that we get to kind of see Will like warts and all for the most part. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, should we start talking about the episode then? Do you want to dive in? Uh, yeah, yeah. One one idea that I had is uh, since I have never watched the episodes before, I obviously can't rank all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will do is I will have you guess if, um, oh man, this isn't really, this sounded better in my head. Than, <laughs> you can edit it out of it. sounds terrible. Just say it. I was going to say you could, I was going to have you figure out if I like the episode more or less than the episode before. Okay. No, that sounds like a good idea. It won't work for the first one, obviously, but. That sounds like... Okay, yeah, well, I this like... is obviously my favorite episode of the entire series. <laughs> as it's... Yeah, but no, I like that idea. That's a, that's a good idea going forward, definitely. Especially as I think the, the show gets stronger for the most part. So let's definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll just basically, instead of an a entire series ranking where I'm trying to figure out like where you ranked individual episodes, it'll just be, did you like this episode more or... Or less, yeah. Or, I like that idea. Or... Maybe instead of that, would you rank this episode higher or lower mm. than the okay. pre? You know, yeah, that sounds good. We'll fi- we'll figure it. we'll we'll fine tune it <laughs> yeah, as the show yeah, goes on. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So as I said, this opening bit is actually not a scene of itself. It's a montage of bits that come later in later episodes. Um. And it is Will talking about uh some of the things he hoped wouldn't happen in his life the first of which is that his mum would leave his dad uh, sorry his dad would leave his mum and he would be taken out of private education and forced to go to a comprehensive school yeah i love this where he's just like he's holding his mom and he's just like i'm so sad oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one quick thing i was gonna say is that i really enjoyed this opening montage here um I as I said, I have seen all of series one, but it's really nice that you kind of see things that are going to happen in the future, and then when the scene, when you actually get to those parts, or even some of those episodes, you're like, "Oh shit, is this the episode where such and such yeah, happens?" Yeah, I enjoy that also, and I remember enjoying that the first time that I watched it. Um, so we find out that Will has been taken out of private school and forced to go to a normal school, uh, where the school bully would uh, then take a bit of a dislike to him, and then we see our first clip of Mark Donovan and he's just telling Will that he's going to rip his fucking throat out. (laughs) Uh, Will says to himself, you know, they say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger except polio, (laughs) but it's not been all that bad. And then we see Will with a random girl and this girl just looks at Will and says, I want you to fuck me outside. And Will just looks super surprised at that. Um, He says that this is the story of how he made friends with people like, and we see clips of Jay, Neil and Simon um, and then he says, Jay, not so much, uh, but definitely her with the, the random girl from outside. 
Yeah, and uh, we see Will in bed with a girl, and he says, just to confirm, we are going to have sex. And then she says yes, and then it goes to him, and he's laying, like, flat as a, like, stiff as a board on top of her, like, using his toes to push him, to thrust himself on the headboard. I mean, we'll get to this when that ep- when we get to that episode, but it's, like, so horribly true of my first sexual encounters that it actually, like, I feel like maybe they were in the room with me or that just everyone has this first dreadful sexual encounter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's probably the first one is always dreadful. Yeah. It's a rite of passage that, you know, like if you have a good first one, then clearly it's like your life is not going to, everything that's going to befall you afterwards is going to be terrible because for most people, the only way is up. (laughs) Um, So we flip back to the present and, Will is in. I'm just going to apologize, people. I'm going to fuck these names up. I'm not going to. I'm going to try to be as professional as possible and not fuck these names up. But give me a couple episodes to get my feet underneath me. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'm here to to help you out with the names. So we are sitting in a room with Will, and there's all these like. Basically, we find out that these are all the new transfer kids. Uh, otherwise known as the freaks and one of the girls i believe her name is Susie, is she's being like genuine and she's like you could be friends with us and um and uh will is thinking to himself well if i'm if i'm friends with them then i'm gonna be a freak and i don't want to be associated with the freaks but also the new kids have to wear these giant badges that say hello my name is will and i'm new yeah um, and Will says in his his, his monologue that uh, that in a well-meaning but disastrous move uh, as a new kid, I've got to wear a massive green badge, um, which he then says at least he can discuss with his head of six, Mr. Gilbert, who seemed like an intelligent man. And we cut to the present moment and Will turns to Mr. Gilbert and says, you seem like an intelligent man. And Mr. Gilbert just is, I, I think I'm really going to like Mr. Gilbert. He's a great foil to the crew. Um Yes. He just looks at Will and is like, "Oh, how lovely of you to say. I meant I've long since I've long since been insecure about my capacity for learning, so it's nice to have it ratified by you, a child." And uh, um, I think I said this on social media the other day, but Mr. Gilbert is is my spirit animal. Like, I'm I'm such a horrible teacher. Like, there's no there's no way. You know, like when you get those at the end of the year or like at the end of people's school careers, and they're like, "Oh." I, could, I just love Miss So-and-so because I could just, like, go and talk to her about anything and I'm not that guy. Like, I'm Mr. Gilbert. And I just... Sarcasm is my, my only weapon in the classroom and I've got no time for it. Um, and I'm definitely Mr. Gilbert. So I completely identify with this character. I think he's marvellous. And, yeah, he's my spirit animal. I think he might be my favourite sitcom character ever. Like, he never st- puts a foot wrong as far as I'm concerned. So I just want to maybe dig in a little bit here because obviously I went to school in America. So he is in charge of all the six forms, which would be roughly what age? 16 to 18. So for some reason, even though, so back in the day, the school years were, you went from obviously from when you were a child, like when you start school at four, that's reception. They call that reception. And you went from, like the next year was year one, the next year was year two, blah, blah, blah. And then you got to year six in second, in um, infant in primary school. And then you would start again. So when you went to secondary school, it'd be first form, second form, third form, fifth form. And then when you get to 16, 
you were in the sixth form. But now we don't do that. We've got a linear system where you go up. So you get to year six in primary school and then the first year in secondary school is called year seven. So seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven are like compulsory school age. And then you go into sixth form, but they still call it sixth form, even though that archaic system is is no longer. Okay, so that would kind of be the equivalent to being a junior here in America in high school. Yeah, so you have high school, you have sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Is that right? Uh, so oddly enough, it actually kind of varies from state to state how they how they handle it. So when I lived in Oklahoma, elementary school was basically kindergarten through fifth grade. We had a middle right. middle school that was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then high school was uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. Right. Okay. Yeah. When I so yeah, it would be like the equivalent of senior because it's sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. Guess. So senior. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's. But um. Yeah. But like weirdly, in most schools that have got sick forms attached, they've got like one teacher who is. The head of year four both of these these two year groups that, that are in the sixth form doing their a levels so gcse's are a two-year course that you do in years 10 and 11 and then a levels are a two-year course that you do in the lower sixth and the upper sixth oh, okay so there's and mr gilbert's in charge of them okay so the headmaster is in charge of the entire school mr gilbert yeah, is specifically right. just in charge of 16 to of 18 form. yes that's okay. right so and I went to a school, actually, I was a, I was in Will's position. So I went to a new school for sixth form that I hadn't previously been in for the rest of my school life. So I was I was new. I didn't have a badge, but I was one of those kids going around not knowing anyone. I couldn't imagine having to, like, change schools my senior year of high school. That would have just been... I knew a couple of people because we'd come from... So how it works is, like, you have a... There's college system, so you can leave school and go into a college system... I went to a school that had a selective exam, so it was supposedly more academic, but it cha- it's, it's different depending on where you go to school. But most people at this school that we're seeing in the in-betweeners, they've gone all the way through school and just carried on into the sixth form. Oh, okay. Um, so the, you know, so Will is, uh, one thing that is weird about this too is that I'm so used to hearing internal monologues and really kind of knowing what the characters are thinking. And I actually do kind of enjoy that we get to hear a lot of Will's internal internal voice as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 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 a sort of nice little step from Peep Show to, to have that, his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so Will is upset because Mr. Gilbert pretty much tells him to, you know, fuck off and that you're going to have to wear the, <laughs> the badge and... Um, <laughs> the freaks kind of begin to introduce themselves and you see two of them introduce themselves and as Johnny and Susie, um, do the freaks like, do they come back or do they, are they just kind of done after this? John does. John is, John appears later on. I don't think we see anyone else. Okay. Um, so we go to the first classroom and all the kids are kind of just laughing and joking around with each other. And one thing I will, also want to mention too is that will is wearing a suit and pretty much everybody else is wearing just like a blue blazer and slacks yeah i've written this in my notes why is will in an entirely different uniform maybe that was the uniform of his old school and he because he but he continues to wear it it's a bit peculiar oh so he does he it, like so the suit is his thing throughout the 
yeah, he always wears the blazer. I mean, so the school I teach in actually is quite similar to this school in that the uniform is quite um, quite relaxed. It's like a jumper and a polo top and trousers or a skirt. Um, but we uh, we do have we have a thing where if kids are commended for like they get commendations at the end of the year, they get different coloured blazers so you can see the kids that have like achieved whatever award. So maybe they've got a similar system where will can i don't know maybe some kids do wear blazers but certainly will sticks out amongst the other boys he also is yeah he's also carrying a briefcase with him too which is very fucking funny um (laughs) yeah we all had we all knew someone at school who was like that guy yeah i'm sure we had a guy at my high school that had uh one of those suitcase on wheels (laughs) that's brilliant yeah Actually, now that I think about it, it was a it, it was a, a girl, but she had like a suitcase with wheels, and she would just put all her bags in her little suitcase, and then would just walk around dragging it behind her from class to class. <laughs> I like that idea. That's yeah, that's not going to get you picked on. Well, she never had to go to her locker because she just had all of that's her books true. with her. Her locker was with her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, Will tries to be cool, and he's you know decides to slag off Mister Gilbert and. He just says, oh, I had to meet with the head and his pet ate Gilbert. What's his problem? And he starts calling Gilbert a tosser. And he says that Gilbert is just such a massive freak who likes to suck the headmaster's balls. And as he's going on this rant, the like the the crew that's inside the classroom just gets like noticeably quiet. And all of a sudden, Will is like, oh, shit. Is he standing behind me? And... Then he turns and looks and looks at Mr. Gilbert and says, did you hear any of that? And Mr. Gilbert just says, oh, yes. <laughs> I really enjoy as well here for um, they use Greg Davis's height to great effect. So he's very, very tall in real life. He's like six foot seven. And the way Will turns around and like has to look up to look into Mr. Gilbert's face. Yeah. Is very funny. I really like yeah. this camera shot, too, where it was a low angle camera shot. So Mr. Gilbert just looks fucking gigantic <laughs> i've met greg davis and i can assure you he is fucking gigantic so i had he i saw a stand-up show of his and i got him to sign my dvd and he was like we was on like a stage and i couldn't like had i had my photograph taken with him and i literally had to stand on a box to be <laughs> for us to be in the shot together he's insanely tall wow that's crazy because it's not very often that i feel short but six seven would make me sh- feel short He's an absolute monster of a man. Like, I would love to know what size his feet are. Like, he's just huge. Um, so, Mr. Gilbert assigns Simon to take care of uh, to take care of Will. And Simon is not really happy about that. And he says that that's not fair. And Mr. Gilbert says, well, lesson number one of sixth form, life is not fair. And then Simon goes off on this little rant where he's talking about Will and he says, look at his blazer for starters. He's got an actual briefcase. His shoes are clumpy. His hair's a bit gay. And the badge, I mean, the badge alone. And every time Simon says something, it cuts to Will and he's making this face like he's literally getting punched. It is very fucking funny. (laughs) Um, Mr. Gilbert then says that it's happening and he needs to get used to it. Um, and then the bell rings for the, the start of lessons and Gilbert goes to leave and then he turns around and says um, that one other thing, 
the tradition at the Black Horse is not only ridiculous but illegal. Don't get excluded before you've even started. And they all start to leave the class and Will asks Simon what, what this tradition is. And Simon says, oh, it's nothing. And, and Will says, he's correctly surmised that everyone's going for a drink. Um, and Will, um, Simon just cuts him off. Like, he, he very clearly doesn't want Will to, to be invited to this to this drink. He doesn't want to go drinking with him. Yeah, I love this. So uh, uh, Simon just says, I have to go this way, and then just takes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone. Um, so we kind of finish this scene, and we go into one of several montages that's in this episode where Will is walking down a hallway. Um you see the ex- exterior shot of the school and the school that was used in the production of this is called the Roy Slip High School. Yes. Um, and I think the whole thing was filmed in the school. I think from, I seem to recall, I read this somewhere recently that the school was, so it was a new school that had been built. Quite a lot of these sprung up in the noughties in this country. New schools were built and it was, it had like a year, it had a first year, but nothing else. So it was quite convenient to use for filming because they only had one year of kids and oh, it was like okay. the start of the school's process. So that was why it was used for filming because it didn't have many children in it. So there was a lot of space. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful new, new, new build school. At the time that I watched this for the first time, I'd, I'd never, I'd never been in a school like this. So I went to a school that was Victorian um, and then taught in sort of sixties, horrible architect like concrete architecture schools but the school that i teach in now is is very like this like it's a a, a modern airy building and then um, and yeah and these are the schools that have popped up all over this country in the last 10 years there's a lot of advantages to these sort of schools because obviously they're you know they're better insulated they're more set up for sort of the digital age and stuff like that so you know yeah there are a lot of a lot of these schools have popped up over the last 10 years or so, there was a scheme, a new school, school building scheme under the last Labour government that, that sprung a lot of these schools up. Um, as Will is walking down the hallway, everybody is just, you know, nice badge dickhead. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've got a spacker badge. Uh, somebody calls him a briefcase wanker. And all Will can just think to himself is, thanks, mum, thanks a bunch. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so my, I've got a friend who um, is very Will, um, quite similar character to Will, who I met at sixth form. And he, on the very first day, he was, he'd been to the school the whole time, but he, so I went to a, a sixth, for school, sixth form, I went to a school that was boys school, but they let girls into the sixth form. So we were, there were fewer of us and obviously we were, a, you know, sought after commodity. And he worked at Ikea at the time, so he had a badge with his name on. And he decided he was going to wear it so that he didn't have to introduce himself to the girls. And that was how he, that was how we first met in an English lesson. I turned to him and said, hi, I'm Laura, like I'm new here. And he was like, "Uh, look at my badge, that's who I am. So that was my first introduction to Dave. So the first time I ever saw this episode, I laughed a lot because it did make me think of Dave. We had this guy in my high school that made business, that had business cards made up. And, uh, Did he just hand them out? Yeah, yeah. That's what he would do. Is he would he would fucking hand out these business cards. Uh, in my <laughs> in my yearbook, they actually did a little. You know, they did this like little spotlight thing on probably you know like you know seventy, eighty, you know fifty, sixty people from our school. You know, just like a little like more in depth about them. 
And uh, that was his thing is that he talked, uh, it was for the seniors, you know, so they like spotlighted about like 10% of the senior class. And mm. um, that was his little thing is he had these like fucking business cards that were made up and he would, you know, when he wanted to talk to somebody, he would just, you know, like cool, pull out his business card and hand it to the girls. <laughs> I bet it scored him a lot of, lot of love with the ladies. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he was getting mad poontang <laughs> left and right. <laughs> Um, we then uh, go into um, the toilet. Will's gone into the loo. He says the first day nerves have got to him. So he goes for what turns out to be one of the more eventful shits of his life. He locks himself in the cubicle. And this is where we meet for the first time the other two in between us. Simon walks in with Jay and Neil. Um, and they are talking. And Jay just says that he's really good at shagging now. That's what he spent the summer <laughs> doing. He's perfecting his shagging technique. And this is exactly what it's like to be a a boy at this age because you're just sex is on your mind 24 seven. And I just remember like this, this conversation probably happened with my group of friends, like so many fucking times we had this friend, Scott, that was like our quote unquote sex God, but I'm sure that he was much like Jay, not actually getting any action. Yes. So I definitely knew Jay. He was, I, I knew the J equivalent and when we first started in sick form, so we were 16 and he was, his like thing that he'd done was like, he was, he was like the pussy king. He was really good at going down on girls. And that was what he did is he'd gone down on loads of girls and he would talk about it. And it was just looking back, like he would just talk about it in the common room, but this was his thing. He was the, definitely the J of the group. Yeah. Uh, Neil is, Neil is looking very, um, you know, and Neil, who's a very tall guy and kind of, I don't know, goofy looking. I don't know. You could tell he's like maybe yeah, the yeah, slower he's... one of the group. Yeah. And Neil just says, and do you put the balls in? And Jay just goes, <laughs> what? And Neil again says, I've heard you got to put the balls in to make it work. And Jay just looks at him and is like, yeah, can do. Some girls <laughs> like it. Some don't. And I just like... It was at this point where you just learn everything you need to learn about Jay in about 30 seconds. I think that's one thing this show does very magnificently is you just learn everything you need to know about the characters, like lickety split. Yeah. Um, Simon then says to stop talking bullshit. Who are these girls you fucked? And, um, and Jay says that whilst you've spent the summer stalking Carly, this is the first mention of Carly, he's been out porking loads of vag. Uh, Simon says that he's not been stalking Carly she's just his friend and anyway he's never fucked anyone nor is he nor is Neil and it's it's just it's funny for, for Simon to be the voice of reason here I'll be honest with you anybody who says things like porking loads of vag is not actually <laughs> doing that no they're definitely not porking loads of vag uh, before the conversation can continue Mark Donovan the school bully and one of his friends kind of just like kick open the door uh, and they walk over to the urinal trough, which at the school they have like a giant trough instead of individual urinals. And uh, uh, Simon walks over to the urinal trough as well. And he starts, for whatever reason, trying to dick gaze at Mark. And it, it's funny because like urinal code, I, as a woman, I'm sure you don't know shit about urinal code. That's fine. I don't know. I no. get it. But... Uh, as a man, the urinal, urinal code is like such a sacred thing to me that I really, I don't blame Mark at all. 
it's this kind of toxic masculinity that I'm going to try to not instill in my own son. But <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I, I mean, I do think it's weird from a woman's point of view. I think it's weird that you have to wee in public. Like, it just seems so foreign to, that it's just a thing that happens and everyone accepts it. So I, I can understand there being like an unspoken code. Yeah, you don't talk to the person next to you. You don't look at the person next to you. <laughs> if there's If there's five urinals, only the odd-numbered ones, so one, three, and five, are the ones that you use so that you always have a buffer in between you. And if you have to use either the second or the fourth one, well, you just don't talk to the person. You just look straight ahead at the wall. It's like it's like a, it's a doctor exam. You just... Well, I guess, no, it's not a doctor exam because that involves talking. But it's very just like... It's just very like business like. Like you go in yeah, there, you, you shut pee, down, you get the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. Um, just at this point, Simon, um, sorry, Will says in his his uh, internal narration says that he realizes the sort of place he's gone to because Donovan and his mate climb up on the the toilets either side of the cubicle he's in and start taking his picture on a camera phone. Yeah. Uh, poor poor Will. Um, we go to another hallway scene, and everybody is just still giving Will a bunch of shit. They're telling Will that he's going to die. The briefcase makes me want to punch you. What a spastic badge. And, you know, Will just says, well, that's already been pointed out. Somebody tells him his sh shoes are shit. And, you know, Will has, like, a good nature about himself. So he's like, yep, the shoes. And until he sees Simon, and then he sees kind of some respite. Yeah, he asks if... um he can show him where the common room is. And Simon says, not really. And then Will gets another bit of abuse. Someone calls him a posh twat. And Simon clearly taking pity on him a bit says that it's this way. But, you know, you can come with me. Could you just hang back a bit? So, you know, people don't know we're associated. Um, we go into this break room. And i got to admit that this is like a really nice break room. But it made me wonder... Like, how long do they have between classes? So the common room in the sick form is there because you don't always have lessons. So if there are, like, five lessons a day in sick form, you might have freeze so you can, like, do private study. So that's why the common room is a, a thing that you can do private study in. Wow, that's just so crazy to me because in, in my high school we had, I don't know, I want to say maybe six classes, and we took – you know, we were, it was like 45 minutes a session with like 15 minutes, I think, between classes. And then, right. you know, we didn't have time to go like lounge around in a break room or anything like that. No, the common room is like a perk of the sick form. And normally there's like a coffee machine and they can be quite nice. Like actually my sick form common room wasn't very nice, but the, um, but we had our own canteen and stuff like that. So you haven't got to, you haven't got to actually hang out with the the pros in the in the lower years um so inside the break room we see that will is still concerned that he hadn't managed to shake the freaks um he says that he was it's not like he was aiming high he just wanted to be friends with someone who didn't have a badge on and then <laughs> we see neil uh neil simon and jay talking to each other and simon announces that you know i might not go to this thing i'm pretty knackered um Neil says, what? We've just had the last 10 weeks off. And Jay just says, well, you know, he spent the last 10 weeks wanking three times a day. That's why he's knackered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Simon then says, yeah, he's had 210 wanks and his cock's like a pepperoni. And just as he's saying this uh, with great 
understatement. Um, Carly appears, or we don't know it's Carly, but she says, who's Cox like what? And Simon immediately becomes like embarrassed and tongue-tied. He says to Carly, oh, it's um, nothing. And then he asks Carly, are you going to the pub thing tonight? She says that he'll be there. She asks him if he's going to go. And he says, I'm not sure. I'm more into clubs than pubs. And Jay just kind of shoots out with, yeah, gay clubs. He's just shitting (laughs) himself that he won't get served. And yeah, and this is a real, I understand that this is a real problem for teenage boys. I mean, it's probably more of a problem for everyone now because I think ID is a bigger thing than when I was in sick form, but boys had a lot of trouble getting served and I never had trouble getting served. Like um, Simon says later on in the episode that if a girl's got tits, she gets served and that's pretty much the case. I, I was getting served in pubs from the time I was like 14. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Uh, only time I ever was served underage was I uh, was at a bar in Mississippi that just pretty much served any military member regardless of your age. Oh, of course, because your drinking age is so much higher. Is it 21? Yes, 21. So I guess when you were this age it was pretty much impossible to drink in public because yeah. you're not going to look 21, are you? At this age, it was more trying to buy cigarettes. Right, okay. What's this, the age for buying cigarettes over there? Uh, 18. Okay, yeah. Um, But, you know, one thing that was just kind of funny about this is Jay is really, really great on me in this scene where it's just like, it, and again... I'm sorry if this sounds like social justice but it's just the nonstop, like, gay jokes. Just, I was like, oh, my God, man, like, tone it down a notch there, buddy. But, you know, I have to think about the time that this episode came out and the age these kids are. And I just remember, you know, that my group of friends were very similar in this kind of stuff. But it is, uh, it's weird. <laughs> I, I wonder if teenage boys are still like this. I, I kind of get the oh feeling my that God. maybe... Teenage boys probably don't change much from boys never, decade to decade. Boys will never I, change. I imagine they're still like this, I have to say. You're so lucky you have girls, Laura. <laughs> Teenage boys are the worst, actually. I was so uh, well uh, with some friends and um, and a friend was like making some joke. He was like, oh, like, oh, it must be nice like to be asked what age I taught. And when I told him, he was like, no. Oh, 18-year-old boys, like, you know, and, and anyone who's sort of taking your fancy, like, wink, wink. And I was like, have you met teenage boys? Like, they are horrible. I can't imagine <laughs> anything I would rather do less. Like, they stink. They're awful. Like, an 18-year-old girl, I can see, like, maybe a man in his 20s might think, like, that was a, oh, yeah, that might be quite nice. A boy of 18, no, definitely not. <laughs> hey, there's no. there's older women that fancy younger men. Yeah, there are, but I doubt anyone fancies eighteen-year-olds. Like they're hor- they're horrible. They stink. They stink. They are immature. Like I didn't fancy eighteen-year-old boys when I was eighteen. So <laughs> no, thanks. Oh man, oh god, this this is super funny. I'm I'm so <laughs> glad to be talking to you again. <laughs> yeah, um, Carly then says that she'll buy Simon a drink, um, and she then she's. Oh, I don't think I've, I've written this in my notes, but I didn't say yet. She's dressed like a schoolgirl in a porn film as well. That's the other oh thing. Oh my it's like, god! How is Carly she... getting away with this uniform? Jesus! Like the top, like two or three buttons of her blouse are undone. She's wearing this like little mini tie. Yeah, it looks ridiculous, but she sort of leans in so he can see her bra, and she says, "Um, could you do me a favor to Simon?" And he says he'll do anything, which I think he would do anything for her at this point. And um, 
she says, you know what my mum's like. She was, she's a freak out if she hears I've been in a pub, so don't mention it to, to her, please. And Simon's just like, oh, yeah, sure. And she's like, oh, thanks, hon. And just clearly using her feminine wiles to, to get what she wants from Simon. Poor Simon. Yeah. Uh, she, like, tells him that his aftershave smells nice. And then she's like, hey, are you coming to sociology? And Simon's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And she walks off and Jay is just, like, apoplectic. He's like, are you mental? She's so fit. Why don't you just walk to class with her? And Simon is sitting kind of weird with his legs crossed and Jay just is like, oh my God, did you get a hard on because the pretty girl spoke to you? And Simon is whispering under his breath. He's like, can you fuck off? And uh, Jay is all of a sudden like, oh my God, you've got a boner. And he jumps up on his chair and he just starts yelling, oi, Simon's got a boner, boner, boner. And he's trying to like look at Simon's boner and it's... It's very funny and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> I mean, this is an element of, of being a teenage boy or being a man in general that obviously I don't I don't know about. But I, do, I just I think it must be terrible to have a bit of your body that can betray you in such a such, <laughs> such a way. Like I've always thought that how awful that must be as a man, and I I just feel so sorry for Simon here. Like, it's not an issue. <laughs> I just think, like, as a girl, like, obviously, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you might, like, sort of blush or get a bit stammery. But to have, like, oh, just poor guy. And then the fact that Jay then jumps on his chair and starts getting everyone to shout boner at him is just just awful. And everyone starts chanting boner, boner. And um, and Will sees his opportunity and goes over to Simon and asks if he wants to walk to sociology with him. And then he's like, oh, obviously, you can't get up, but I'll save you a seat. And this is where, this is where Will kind of become Simon's friend I would say is that he for the first time like Simon's actually grateful for Will's attentions yeah um we go to another hallway scene and uh Will is trying to walk through this door and every time he opens the door somebody else walks through it so then he just starts holding the door open and then it's just this like infinity long line of people (laughs) he becomes like a doorman essentially doesn't he and uh then it you know, he says that it was as if he had some kind of contagious disease and to be seen with me was a form of social death. And it shows him in like the cafeteria sitting with a table of people. And as soon as he sits down, they all get up on leave or they all get up and leave. And Will just says, anybody can be your friend. You just need to hang around them long enough. And I 100% agree with this line. I mean, I think that um, I definitely have known people like that who just, you know, are determined they're going to be your friends so they can hang around. And, like, yeah, that is how Will ingratiates himself with the group. Um, We then uh, move to the end of the school day. They're all walking outside of school. Uh, Will is now walking with the rest of the in-betweeners. They've forced them, finally. And uh, Jay's still taking the piss out of Simon. He says, don't look over there. There's a girl with a knee-length skirt on. You might spunk your pants. (laughs) And Simon's taking it in quite good humour. He's like, oh, yeah, very good. Um, and Will comes to, to join them. And uh, he Simon introduces the, Will to them and them to Will. And to which at which point Jay says, oh, briefcase. And then him and Neil do this, like, oh, briefcase bit. And um, and Will's like, yeah, it's a briefcase. And, and they just are laughing at him. Um, Neil says that they're going to be meeting at the Black Bull, <laughs> which careful listeners will realize is not the location where they're supposed to go no not the right pub yeah and Um, he says it's just outside of london road which is actually not true 
but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> um, we'll ask what time they're meeting or like what time are we going to be there? And Jace says, you know, anytime you like, you're not, you're not coming with us. You're going on your own. And Will says, I just thought we could. And Jay cuts him off and says, yeah, you thought wrong. And uh, Simon is worried uh, about not being able to get served because he's worried that Carly will think that he's a loser. And Jay says, well, she'd be right. And Simon <laughs> says, she might not get served. And uh Jay just says, girls always get served. As soon as they get tits, they get served. And fit girls like her always get served. And I made a note to ask you what you thought about this line, but I pretty much already know because you answered it earlier. Yeah, I just, I, I never really knew any girls that had trouble with getting served. Like, it just wasn't an issue. Um, like I say, it might be more of a problem now because they've brought in this, like, Challenge 25 thing. And if you look under 25, you have to show ID. But I reckon there's probably still places that it's not oh, that hard to buy booze. It's um, it's not even remotely an issue. There's a this girl that I work with. She just turned 21 last year. But I had like gone out with her several times before um, she turned 21. And she would be getting hammered drunk. Yeah, especially if you're with someone older as well. So when I was like 18, my boyfriend was considerably older and you know no one would think anything of he was like 30 so we were i you know it just it just was taken as for granted that if we were together i was i was overage to be to be drinking (laughs) yeah exactly Um, um we find out that jay has a fake id that says that he's 18 years old Neil is like not un- really understanding this concept and he says but you're not 18 and Jay just says that's right Neil it's a fake ID and then at this point we see Will's mother for the first time yeah and she is a fit mom she's in a um she's in a convertible and Will is like really embarrassed that his mom's come to pick her up but they all start saying that she's fit and Jay says he'd fuck her and uh Will says with great heavy sarcasm thanks very much and Jay says he would, though, wouldn't you? And Will says, well, like, she's my mum, so no. And Jay says, but what if she wasn't? Um, if she wasn't your mum, would you fuck her? And Will's like, oh, are we still doing this? And he's like, so you would fuck her? Would you get down between her legs, spread them? And Will's just like, can we stop talking about my mum's vagina, please? <laughs> this is a very Peep Show-esque conversation to me. Like, I could, I could see this happening between, like, Jay, or, uh, Mark and Jeremy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I identify with this because my... Especially it's because I went to a boys' school where there were very few girls as commodities. Most of my friends were boys, and my mum got a lot of attention for being like the fit mum. And I used to get stick for this all the time about, oh, your mum's really fit, or like this one. And I just I was like, oh god, yeah, I've heard, I've heard this, I've heard, I've had this conversation. All my friends just had crushes on my sister. <laughs> I think either way is probably not not ideal. It's not nope. what we want, is it? Neither way um, is ideal. <laughs> Will goes to get into the car and he says, maybe see you tonight. And Jay says, you're not invited unless you bring your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene, we are with Will and his mother in the car. And Will is like, oh, did you have to pick me up? And she's just talking about how she wanted to hear about his first day. She points out um, that she likes his badge. And Will is Will ex- asks her, you know, why did you tell them I got bullied? Um, I didn't really understand this part. I'm guessing in order to get into the school, 
that, that that he's been at another school for for five years or whatever and in order to get into the sick form she had to write on a form a reason for him moving or something and she, he she said that he was bullied because she doesn't want to admit that she can't afford the school fees anymore uh okay that makes sense um yeah he announces that he's going to the pub tonight and his mother is like oh who are you going with and will explains that he's going with some friends and she sounds excited that he's made friends already uh but like excited but suspicious at the same time and she just wants to make sure that these so-called friends aren't making fun of him and she doesn't want him to get bullied again and then will asks if he can will is like ah i was not bullied can i borrow 20 quid and then she just sighs <laughs> his mum is like a slony nightmare isn't she she's sort of not ill-meaning but she's vacant and clearly doesn't really listen to anything will says and you get you get a taste for for his mum being a pain in the ass <laughs> Um, we see a montage of the crew getting ready to for a night out on the town. Um, we see Jay like digging underneath his bed to get his fake ID, and the name on the ID is Brett Brett Clement, which, according to IMDb, is a Flight of the Concords reference. Yeah, so one of the characters is is Brett McKenzie, and the other one is Jermaine Clement. So this is like a a mashup of the two. Um, this made me laugh a lot because I had a friend in sick form, Jack, who he had a there was like a company that could make fake ids but they were a bit shit it has to be said i think it was just a company with like a color printer and it was like it was something mad like the university of middle england or something like that like a place that definitely doesn't exist and he had like a fake date of birth on that and it was this is about as convincing as that this fake id it's the fake id is is super fucking funny um we also see neil getting ready and you can kind of tell that neil's family's like a little poor um neil is like hey i don't want to be called a or uh, neil's dad is like oh do you want to be called a pikey and neil is like counting out every little piece of change he can find jay is like putting shitloads of gel on his hair and like like feathering out the front of his bangs so that they kind of like stick up and it's very funny just seeing how each of them gets ready to go out for a night out yeah the, the common theme is that they're all asking their parents if they can borrow money and generally falling out with their parents and will then says in his narration and by borrow we meant spend and never give back which was very much how i borrowed money from not my mom so much because she was uh she'd chase you for your debts but my dad would be the one who'd give you 20 quid and say oh don't worry about it don't tell your mom you don't have to give it to me back yeah it's pretty funny um <laughs> i'm sure that this will be something that i will also experience at some point in my life as well <laughs> yeah um, we then move into the Blackball pub um, and the crew are together and uh, would you like the... to know would you like to know where the Black Bull pub is? Always where is it? It's on Victoria Road in Royslip. Am I saying that right? Ricelip. Ricelip. okay. Ricelip. Yeah. Victoria Road Ricelip, H A four zero E F UK. So, so it looks a lot like a pub actually near where I went to university. It's like quite a sleepy boozer. Um, and Will says in his narration that his plan to make friends is working little by little because he's wearing them down. He walks in and the, or he walks to the group and uh, Jay's like, oh God, not him. And um, Simon says, oh, don't be horrible. Like he's all right. 
Will Will says, uh, you know, Will apologizes for being late, and Jay just says, "Oh, are you fingering your mum?" And Will just looks at him and says, "Uh, let me think. No." And <laughs> at this point, they kind of all huddle up around to decide what their plan of attack is going to be, and. Jay is just like, oh, we don't need a plan. We just go in there, buy some drinks, and wait for the gash to form a queue. And Will just looks flabbergasted, and he just says, did he actually say gash? <laughs> um, Jay says, relaxed. And Simon says, there's nothing relaxing about this. If he doesn't get served, he's going to be humiliated in front of the girl he's lusted after since she was eight years old. And Jay's like, you fancy eight-year-old? And he's like, no. I'm sorry, Neil says, you fancy eight-year-olds? He's like, no, Neil, our families were friends. We were both eight. But Neil's appalled by this. He's like, well, you still fancied an eight-year-old. <laughs> uh, I love the simplicity of Neil. Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's still got a lot going on upstairs. I, is he, I'm but, really uh, interested to see like Neil's character development because I think it would be very easy to make him kind of a one-trick pony. But, no, he, he, he does. There is character development there, and I think that's true of all the characters that a lesser sitcom might have made this these characters more sort of two-dimensional, but actually, actually it, there are three dimensions to all of them. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. They walk inside the Black Bull pub and there's um, like just easy, easy listening music playing over the, the jukebox. It's very quiet in there. And um, the, the boys look a little confused about what they are seeing. Yeah, there's clearly, there doesn't seem to be anyone there yet. They wonder if they're early. Um, and they um, they sort of go to to sit down, and um, and Will sort of says maybe we should come back later. Like, what's going on here? Jay says, "Don't shit yourself. We're the hardcore." And he asks everyone what they're having, uh, to which they all say a pint of lager. And then Will says, "Doesn't a pint seem a lot when you think about it? You wouldn't drink pint after pint of orange squash." And Jay's just got no time with for this. He's like, "What do you want?" And he's like. Oh, I'll have a pint. And he decides he's going to go for a pint of Guinness instead of a pint of lager, just to be different. Yep. Uh, Neil is excited because he sees a fruity and he goes off to go gamble all his money away. Uh, <laughs> Jay walks up to the bar and he just looks at the barkeep and he's like, Oi, bruv. And the barkeep <laughs> walks over and he's like, Yes, bruv. Bruv. <laughs> the use of bruv is, is brilliant here. I've never... I've never heard bruv really used in an authentic way. Um, and Jay is not convincing about how he's going to carry off the use of bruv. So, um, like, what is that? Bruv, like, it's like a London thing, but not the bit of London where I'm from. Like, I don't know, like, you'd have to be much harder than me and probably from, like, South London to get away with bruv. Or up bruv. Like, you just wouldn't, yeah, you just not. I couldn't carry that off and neither can Jay. Um, the barkeep asks for ID and he holds up the bread Clement ID and the barkeep says, oh, you know, this is an Australian driver's license. And Jay just kind of slides into an Australian accent and he's like, yep. And the barkeep says, so you're Australian? And he's like, that's right, mate. And, <laughs> uh, he's, you know, the barkeep's like, so when's your birthday? 15th of bloody May, 1989. And... <laughs> The three boys at the table are just like, is he talking in an Australian accent? <laughs> I love as well that like this is so like teaching. I think I mentioned this before is teaching in London is full of Australians. And um, one of our assistant heads is Australian. And well, me and my husband work at the same school and we permanently do this accent for anything he's said. So it's like, oh, 
like I was talking to the line manager and he was like, no fucking way, mate. This is that, that you've got to, everything's got to start. No fucking way, mate. If you're doing an Australian <laughs> accent, even though he's, ne- I've never heard him say that. And the, the, Jay is doing that exact thing. <laughs> oh God. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so the bartender then asks uh, Jay what he wants again, and he says three jars of lager and a Guinness, mate. And the friend, uh, the bar- bartender says, "So are these drinks, the other drinks for your friends?" <laughs> to which Jay replies, "You betcha, cobber." And he says, "Well, I can't serve them unless they've got ID as well." So Jay then appears at the table with just one pint of lager, and uh, they ask where their drinks are, and he's like, "Oh, you want the drinks as well? Well, you better go and fucking get them then." And Simon says, "That this is tragic. One pint between us." And this is where Will steps up to the plate. He says, Jay has clearly failed. I'm going to go and deal with this. Yeah, uh, I love this. And as Will is walking up to the bar, he just is like, oh, I've never been served in a pub before, but how how hard could it be? And uh, Will, I should say, also does look incredibly young. Yeah, he's very clearly not 18. Even though the actors were all older than 18 at this point. The actors are all uh, roughly about my age, so they were sort of in their early 20s when this was filmed. But I agree with you that Simon Bird, who plays Will, looks very young. Um, he asks for three pints of, of, of beer, and uh, the bartender asks if he's got any idea, and he says, look, my father's left my mother, and I've been forced to go to a comprehensive school. I've attached myself to a fairly average group, and I'm trying. All I'm trying to do is to make a few new friends to make life bearable. So perhaps you could pour me three non-alcoholic lagers, and we won't tell anyone about it. Um, and the barkeeper says, "Like I just can't serve you if you're underage. Full stop. Like it doesn't matter if it's alcoholic or not." <laughs> and Will says, "Right, you've driven me to this," and he pulls out like a little booklet. It's like, "No, you're right," or something like that. And he's like, "The law states that 16-year-olds can legally drink cider, perry, or mead in a pub if they are eating a meal." So I will have three pints of cider and three carvery dinners, please. And the barkeeper says that he quotes the law back at him and says that, yeah, it also states that that can happen if they're bought by an adult and he's accompanied by an adult. No adult, no alcohol, I'm afraid. And um, and Will just sort of slaps the book down on the, the bar and says, this isn't over. Well, wouldn't technically uh, Jay be their adult? Yeah, I suppose, but the bartender doesn't really believe he's 18 either, does he? He's just, no. he's just fucking with them, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Will just looks at this like uh, random guy that's sitting next barfly to him. Barfly guy, yeah. Yeah, this barfly. And uh, he says, you know, hello, sir. My name's William, and I will pay for all your drinks all night if you order three pints of cider and three carvery for dinners and then come sit with my friends and I. You don't have to talk to us. You merely need to stay sitting with us. And William, or uh, excuse me, the barfly just says, yeah, all right. And uh, he, the barfly looks at the barkeep and says, Terry, I'll have three ciders, three carveries, and four double rum and Cokes, please. And <laughs> Will just is like, oh, my God, as many as four. <laughs> Um, so back at the table now, Will comes over with their pints of cider and Steve and, uh, he's like sorted and, <laughs> and, uh, Simon asks who, who this is and he's like, this is Steve, he's going to be joining us. Um, and Simon asks why and <laughs> Neil says, all right, Steve, he introduces himself and Will says that it's a long story that involves Steve as well, but before we get our cider, we are going to have to go to the carvery 
And Simon says, like, are you mental? What is Carly going to think? Like, whenever he's really cool, whenever he goes out, he always has meat and gravy with his booze. And Will says, well, we're not getting served unless we get a car free. The three... Uh... Jay, Will, and Simon get up to go to the carvery, and Neil is just kind of left sitting at the booth with the barfly. And uh, Neil just casually mentions that he's lost ten quid on a fruity, and the barfly seems pretty excited about that. And yeah, he gets up to go and yeah rinse, or as Superhands would have it, bleed that fruity like a radiator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're at the actual carvery where they're getting the food and i gotta tell you this looked incredible like i man it looks so good yeah do you have carveries over there i wrote that in my notes do, do you have carveries i don't think we do yeah they are brilliant like to be fair i think you would enjoy it yeah i would too uh i'll have to see if there's one in the area i mean i'm sure we have some american equivalent to it yeah they're, they're, they're great great for all the meats um they're the they're sort of standing there with their plates and Simon's phone goes off. He's got a text. He looks at it and he's like, oh, it's from Carly. And uh, Jay says, oh, is she asking if your fit mate Jay's coming? And Simon looks confused. He says, no, she's saying it's so packed she can't see where we are. And he sort of looks around at the empty pub and <laughs> Jay says, is she a retard? And Simon says, she's in the black horse. Where are we? And Neil says, the black ball. And Simon says, right, so we're in the wrong pub then. Let's go. And Will says they can't go because their carveries are on the way. And uh, and then and then um, Simon just says, Neil, how could you confuse the black ball with the black horse? And Neil says he was half right. And just then we hear the sound of the fruit machine going off and Steve uh, making his, his millions on it. Yeah, uh, this is funny. But the only one thing I was thinking about, too, is like, how much money do you think Will just spent? Yeah, I thought that as well. Like, thinking back to being that age and how little money I had. Like, I had a part-time job. Um, but I certainly didn't have enough money to spend, like, 40 quid on carveries and the cider as well. Like, he's easily spent 50 quid there. Yeah. Uh, so they head over to the Black Horse, which is on High Road, Middlesex, East Coat, E-A-S-T-C-O-T-E. Yeah, I reckon you say East Coat. I reckon that's how you pronounce that. Okay, East Coat, H-A-5-2-E-N as in Nancy, England. It's literally that's only... Clearly, um, that's clearly quite near the other one because they've both got similar postcodes. They're, I, I checked, they're four minutes apart from each other. Yeah, so they walk into the pub and everyone is, it's crowded full of people and everyone is shouting boner at poor Simon. <laughs> yeah, um, so they all decide to, uh, you know... Uh, Kind of, they kind of all go in their separate ways because, as my friend's father once told me, there's no pussy in a posse. That's a brilliant expression and one I've not heard before. Oh yeah, that's like the only valuable thing he ever <laughs> he ever told us. He had a so Simon sees Carly sitting down on this bench and he sits down next to her and um, Simon and Carly start talking and she says to squeeze up and that Tom is coming back with drinks. And uh, in the background, you hear people kind of yelling, boner, boner. And this gentleman, who is clearly, like, way, way older than she is, sits down. And it's this kind of awkward where Simon is in the middle, and he's kind of squished between Tom and Carly. And if I was Tom, I would be like, okay, dude, you need to scoosh over this way. Carly, you need to sit in the middle, and then your mate can sit next to you. Yeah, that was... uh 
I yeah, I agree with you. My my boyfriend when I was this age would not have taken kindly to a boy that clearly had a crush on me sitting on basically on my lap. Yeah, I'm all. I'm also. Uh, this is gonna sound like super nitpicky. I'm I'm very picky about the order that I sit with things at. Like I always try to make sure, like when I go to events, that I'm sitting in a logical order. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of weird that way. I don't. I don't even think three people would squeeze on a sofa like that in reality. Like you no. find another chair. Yeah. And exactly. I definitely and like you definitely wouldn't sit in such close proximity to the opposite sex if your no. partner was there and like you were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like it just wouldn't happen. Um, Tom looks at Simon because Simon looks a little upset, and um, Tom is like, "Oh, you, you all right, mate?" And Simon says, "Yeah, he's just a bit pissed. They went to the Black Bull first to sharpen up, and Carly looks excited and is like, "Oh, this is a new Simon. You cried when your dad poured whiskey over the Christmas pudding." And Simon kind of fires back and says, "At least I didn't make myself sick in my plate when it had peas on it." And Carly just is like very snappily says well thanks for bringing that up and simon is like oh i fucked up yeah um later on we see the we see neil and jay at the it box doing like a quiz on there with someone else and they're saying that lee sharp lee sharp it's definitely lee sharp and it's like oh it's roy Keane, and they're um (laughs) i (laughs) i cracked up both both scenes of this where you see him doing this but i i'd like literally went back and watched this little 10 second scene like a couple of times because i just thought this was so fucking funny it's really well done as well like it's you see that sort of thing all the time but it's uh it's, it's not not untrue um and then we see will at the bar asking for four pints please and the bartender says id please and he's like you've got to be kidding me and he says, I can't serve you without ID. And he's like, Ugh. and Will says, do you do food? And the bartender says, the kitchen's closed. And Will says, fine, I'll just take the four pints then. And the bartender <laughs> says, well, I'll just see your ID then. And he's like, look, I've spent all night trying to buy one drink so I can take part in this poxy school tradition. So I would like four pints of lager, please. And then the barkeeper just says, ID, please. And uh, we cut over to Tom telling Carly that they need to get going. Yeah, and uh, Simon is like, oh, you're going already? And Carly points out that they've been there for two hours already. Uh, She asks Simon if he wants Tom to give him a ride back and um, points out that Tom has a car, and Simon is like, eh, of course he does. Tom is like, come on, Carl's, and looks at uh, Simon's like, see you later, mate. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and... um, Yeah, and... uh... Go ahead. And then we cut back and we see Jay and Neil once again yelling, Lee Sharp, Lee Sharp, Lee Sharp. It's definitely Lee Sharp. And then you hear this beeping and they're like, oh, Giggsy. Yeah, Will's still doing his best to secure these four pints of lager. And the bartender's still saying he won't serve him without ID. And this is where Will loses his, his top. And he says, look, just look around you. Everyone in this bloody pub is underage. And the barkeeper's like, what? And he's like, and everyone's just like, shut up. And he's like, he's underage, she's underage. And everyone starts sort of murmuring. And he's like, he looks a bit older because he's uglier, but he's in the year below even me. And suddenly, like, the whole pub sort of goes silent. And Will shouts, look at his bum fluff, 16. That bra's got padding in it. She's 16. His mum still buys his trousers, 16, out of push, 17. And then he gestures to Mark Donovan, who's in the corner. And he's like, yeah, he looks older and he's meant to be hard, but he's still only 16. 
All these people you've served, whatever bloody ID they've used, are underage. And then uh, it's just like so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. And then the barkeep is just like, right, we're closed, everyone out. You lot are all barred. And then as we turn around, we see Mr. Gilbert standing behind uh, poor Will. Poor old Will. Uh, the barkeeper says that they are closed and um, <laughs> everyone sort of starts grumbling. And Gilbert says, turns to Will and says, nice to see you doing your job, my job for me, Mackenzie. And he lets Will know that he'll get another badge for this. <laughs> Will tries to, to fight it and he's like, sir. And uh, Mr. Gilbert is like, just get out. And then Mr. Gilbert orders a pint from the barkeep Ian. Yes. Uh, we then see them all outside the black horse. Jay says, are you come inside to Simon? And he says, no, he won't. He said he'd look after Supergrass here. Um, I better not leave him on his own just in case. And Jay says, why are you staying with that bell end? And Will says, I am here. And Jay says, yeah, I wish you weren't. Yeah. Um, Will is talking to Simon and he says, oh, what a first day. I'm such a twat. And Simon is just, you know, yes, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, he, he does compliment Will, though, and he says that was pretty specialist back there. His mom still buys his trousers was a personal highlight. And um, then Will asks Simon who the guy with Carly is. And Simon says, disappointingly, a friend who didn't need ID and had a car. Uh, at this point, Mark Donovan shows up and Will just kind of cowers and he says, please don't hit me. And Donovan gives him this warning and he says, I'm not going to hit you here, but I will get you. You won't know when it's coming, but it is coming. At some point in this next year, I will get you. At this point, we see Will's mom pull up and Mark's whole demeanor just uh, changes. And he's like, oh, is that your mom? She is fit. Lovely to meet you, Miss McKenzie. <laughs> And then he turns and he looks at Will and he's like, I will see you later. And then he turns back to Will's mother with like this giant smile. And he's like, nice to meet you. And Will's mom just says to Will, oh, he seems nice. And Will explains that this is a school psycho who's just threatened to kill him. And she <laughs> says, but she's just happy that he's making friends. Yeah. And he says, oh, do moms ever listen? Um, and we then go into the closing montage where Will narrates over some uh, some clips and he says that he's had an eventful first day. His quest for friends has led to him alienating the entire school and the psychotic head of sick form. And the really good news is I'm now on the school nutters to stab list <laughs> if he doesn't shag my mom first. Yep, and then he thinks maybe he should have just stuck with the freaks. Things can only get better or just stay the same or get worse. And then we <laughs> close with Don't Look Back Into the Sun by the Libertines. Yeah, which finished off this whole... Um, there's music throughout the show, which is like the most 2008 music ever. It was like a little, uh, it was like a little uh, regression session, remembering all the great indie tunes of, of the late noughties. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is this like Flagpole Sitter where the show always closes with the same song or does it close with different music every time? No, it, it ends with closing music. It's the, the theme tune is Gone Up in Flames by Morning Runner, which is a real song. Um, but it's obviously only the instrumental bit, not like the, not the singing bit. Uh, but it ends with different ones each time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, actually... Like, depending on the episode, I think. It depends on, like, what's happened in the episode. Sometimes it ties in. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this episode. This was my favorite episode of Inbetweeners ever. <laughs> High praise indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very strong opening episode and definitely 
like from the go made me want to watch more. I wanted to know more about these characters. And I think that there's, they do a very good job of setting up the characters to be like, like, yeah, like three dimensional. Like you kind of know that they're, they're going to, they're going to have more to them. It's, 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 it is kind of like a gross out, like it's got an element of that sort of gross out, lowbrow, like American Pie style comedy to it, but it's got a bit more heart than that as well. Yeah, I had to, when I was explaining this show to somebody, I was like, it's kind of like American Pie. If American Pie was a TV series about a, a high school in England. Yeah. And, and nothing like, really. Oh, okay. What, one of the things I enjoy about The Inbetweeners is that it is quite realistic in terms of that nothing ever, nothing crazy ever really happens to The Inbetweeners. Like, they just sort of have a boring time in a boring town, which it's not like Skins, for example, where, you know, someone died of a drug overdose or like they drove their car into a river. Like these sort of things don't ever like big soapy moments never really happen to the in-betweeners. They just lead these kind of quite boring lives doing boring things. But it's, it's relatable because for most of us, that is what our growing up was like. Yeah, I agree with you. That's uh, you, some of those uh, like MTV series. <laughs> like they had a, Oh my God. I MTV had a series. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like kids in college and they were always boning each other. Yeah. And I remember in high school where I was not boning people all the time. I was like, oh, what's wrong with me that I'm not having sex left and right? Yeah. For most people, you know, that's not this high school experience is not like the <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Fun. Feel. It's like it isn't like skins. And, and for most of us growing up, it was it was pretty tame up to a point. I mean, I've had my wilder moments, but for the most part, I, I lived quite a normal suburban existence, so I identify with the in-betweeners for that alone. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, I, I see a lot of my friends and I in this first episode specifically, like I said, you know I had a friend who was like Neil I had a friend who was like Jay, I had a friend who was like, kind of a combination of Jay and Simon and um, so you know, it just is uh it's making remember me. It's making me remember the good times in high school. Mm, yeah, definitely. It definitely, it definitely is making me look back and think like, oh yeah, I've got some fond memories of growing up and at that time of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to start this. It's a substantially shorter series than Peep Show, which is nice. There's 18 episodes and two movies. So yeah, I'm very excited to, to talk about the films because they are. You know, there's that kind of, like, element that you think, of oh God, like, a spin-off of a show made into a film. And actually, they're both two very decent films. So I'm looking forward to you watching those and talking about those with you. Yeah, and I know that you and I talked about this privately, but we are more than likely going to be splitting the movies up into two two parters. Yeah, I think we'll have to, because they're both kind of, like, two hours each. And um, after our experience with The Magicians, it's... Uh, it could be a little daunting to kind of condense a two hour movie down. So we'll yeah. probably split them in half and just do like a one A and a one B or whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we did have a couple of comments about people's thoughts about this first episode. Um, Claire, our friend Claire, she said on Twitter that she, um, she identified with Will for the most part. She wasn't posh or, or rich, <laughs> but uh, she was the least good looking, intelligent type one in the group. She wasn't a liar, thick or good looking, so she must have been Will. Um, and she says that her favourite part of the episode is basically everything with Mr. Gilbert, which I completely 
agree with. That is entirely <laughs> how I feel about the episode. And it makes me wonder if everyone identifies with Will, even though Simon's meant to be the kind of everyman character. Um, is it that... Is it actually that we all kind of identify with um, with with Will, really? Um, Mr Gilbert comes up again, Keelan, friend of the show. Keelan says that he's immediately brilliant. He reminds me of his own teacher, Tormentor from high school. Uh, he says that Will's outburst in the pub and asking Simon if he fancies eight-year-olds uh, are also very funny. Uh, Benedict on Facebook said that Neil asking Jay if you put the balls in during sex was his favourite bit. Um... Most people kind of enjoying the same sort of things we did about the episode. Um, nobody, nobody said that they hated it. So that's you know I think that shows that it's a, it's a good opener. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of see where the things go from there. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to starting a new show with you. And um, one of the nice things about having a more generic name, so to speak, is that uh, if we want to talk about other TV shows, we won't have to do full rebrands of our uh, podcast <laughs> no 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 we've got a scope to to carry on here sorry i'm still reading the facebook comments and i've just seen uh, Scott oh. on facebook said no I, did, I hadn't seen this one scott said his favorite character was jay sadly he identified with all of them which that's made me laugh and made me wonder about scott what well, scott must be a very interesting character if he identifies with everybody yeah scott <laughs> you can uh keep giving us feedback from your jay centric yeah. perspective i, w- I want to hear more about this uh this youth growing up as a jay character in a word, in a world full of wills, be a J. <laughs> be a J. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know how we're going to close this if we can't if we can't L dude brothers honk. I'm not sure what we are going to do. Uh, we can just say fuck off, bus wankers. Yeah, shout boner, boner, boner. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, well, I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Yeah. Um, we yeah since we kind of talked a lot at the start of this um we'll we'll always laura and i once we're done with the actual episodes we kind of like to talk about stuff that we're watching stuff that we're listening to and then yeah so we will discuss that more next week but yeah have a great day i want to talk to you about a line of duty next week actually because i really think you'd like it so i'll i'll make a note to talk to you about that next week okay have a great have a great day everybody and fuck off bus wankers (laughs) bye